Good morning, everyone. Special welcome to those of you here for the first time and those of you viewing online for the first time. I am Naya Swami Maria, and this is Naya Swami Ananta. I'd like to begin uh, with a reading from Rays of the One Light, and these are parallel passage, passages from the Bible and the Gita. <coughs> This week's reading is titled, entitled Living in the Presence of God. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 25, we read of a king, capitalized, for the reference is to God, who welcomes certain devotees to the divine consciousness, saying, I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came to me. The elect asked him when it was they had served him in these ways. And the king answered, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. To see God as residing in every human being, as indeed he does, is to open oneself to limitless opportunities for serving him. Paramhansa Yogananda, in Autobiography of a Yogi, described a saint who lived in this consciousness as the greatest man of humility I ever knew. He described a seemingly chance encounter with this saint. Another day found me walking alone near the Howrah Railway road station. I stood for a moment by a temple, silently criticizing a small group of men with Brahmin symbols who were violently reciting a chant. How undevotionally they used the Lord's divine name in mechanical repetition, I reflected. My gaze was astonished by the rapid approach of Master Mahashai. Sir, how come you here? The saint, ignoring my question, answered my thought. Isn't it true, little sir, that the beloved's name sounds sweet from all lips, ignorant and wise? He passed his arm around me affectionately. I found myself carried on his magic carpet to the merciful presence. If you would see God, watch for him everywhere. If you would hear his voice, listen for it in all sounds and also in their supporting silences. If you would know God, seek his wisdom behind merely human knowledge. The Bhagavad Gita in the sixth chapter states, one who beholds my presence everywhere and all things dwelling equally in me. He never loses 
loving sight of me, nor I of him through all eternity. Thus through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. for joining us today, whether on a computer or in person. Um, I would like to read a brief prayer from Whispers from Eternity. Universal prayer in the cosmic temple. With a myriad of living thoughts of devotion, I have built for thee a temple of silence. I have brought the multicolored lamps of wisdom from all valid faiths. They shine with the luster of thy one truth. The commingled incense of human craving for thy love soars up in spirals from the incense bowl of our hearts. Thy sacred presence shines on altars everywhere. All prayers of all temples, tabernacles, churches, mosques, and viharas are chanting to thee in the universal language of deep love. The orchestra of our combined feelings plays in harmony with the chorus of all soul songs, with the cry of all tears, with the bursting shout of all joys, and with the united anthem of all prayers. In this wallless cosmic temple of the soul, we worship thee, our one Father, be pleased to reveal thyself to us always. Amen, om, amen. We're uh, supposed to address living uh, in the presence of God, and this is a very good idea. Uh, I'd like to outline the bandwidth briefly, if I may of this experience of living in the presence of God. Let us start on the high point. And this is the state of oneness with God that is experienced beyond creation, beyond form, beyond any limitation. This is the state that the avatars come from when they have to come down into human manifestation. Paramahansa Yogananda said that he and Buddha and Krishna and Christ and all the other avatars, when they have to come out of that state of tranquil, unbroken thrill, out of that state of formless, complete fulfillment, of ecstasy, joy, beyond imagination of expectancy, when they have to come back of their own volition, because a call, prayer of love went up from earth and God responded, Master Yogananda said, it's like putting on a, a big, thick overcoat on a hot day. It's a little uncomfortable. It's not really pleasant. It takes a little getting used to. He has to get used to the consciousness of this planet, and the maya, and then the body he has to tote around, the culture that he has to experience, language, the receptivity of the people that he's there to share 
this cosmic consciousness with. He said, it's difficult. I'm sure that Buddha and Christ and all the other avatars had the same experience. Let's go to the other spectrum of this bandwidth. This is us. This is the aspirants, truth seekers of all religions, all faiths, no faith, but still seeking that presence of God, knowing and remembering somewhere in our consciousness that it's there, that it's a part of us, that there is a better way to live than to tread water in this mass of Maya. These are the two ends of the spectrum. Our job as truth seekers and disciples is to deepen the experience of that cosmic consciousness in our own experience, and then to extend the duration of time that we're in that conscious presence of God. Fact is, we're always in the presence of God. We already established that. I am Om, all-pervading I am Om, omnipresent I am Om. So it's everywhere, but we're not conscious of it all the time. We're truth seekers. We're trying to be more conscious of it. We're trying to tune in to that level of reality, that bandwidth. And we're trying to move towards that state that the masters describe. Now, we do touch it in moments of meditation. We do touch it in deep practice of Hong Sa or Om or Kriya, or if you're on another path of your mantra, if you're a Zen master staring at your white wall and realizing that the shining void is the reality. It's transcending this duality and experiencing a unitive, all-fulfilling consciousness. In formal meditation, we try to do that. And sometimes we touch it. Sometimes we get to stay there. Increasingly, Paramahansa Yogananda said, with scientific practice of meditation, and that is the correct practice that he taught of relaxing, withdrawing the energy, the Eightfold Path of Patanjali, withdrawing, absorbing, and becoming one with it, we touch that space of formless consciousness, of pure love. Maybe we touch it for a second. Maybe we touch it for 10 minutes. Maybe we touch it for 20 minutes. Maybe we touch it like Lahiri after Kriya for eight days. He's gone. <laughs> Maybe at the all-day meditation, you go there. But however much we go there, it awakens in us the memory that that's real. And this isn't real. This maya, this extremely convincing play is made up. It's not the reality. And as soon as we touch it, and as soon as we even remember it, we know that's where we've got to go. We become truth seekers. We become little aspiring Buddhists. We all want yoga, union with what? That, taught. The reality of the Christ consciousness, the reality of Christ. And then down from that level, down to our bandwidth, we try to kind of nudge our consciousness up. Masters at the Haura Station. Haura Station, if you've not been there, as I have not been there, but I have read about the Haura Station, and my friends all go to the Haura Station. Haura Station is 
roughly 12 million people a day going from across a bridge into Kolkata and out again in the evening. This is the commute in, in the Kolkata in the, this, these years. This is a dynamic place. <laughs> this is, if it's Sotwick, you better be pretty Sotwick. You better be pretty centered in that light to endure it. So Master's there, and these guys are chanting. And Master lets his consciousness go, gosh, that chanting's not very good. Something Ramesh and Bhagavati might notice. Uh, it's okay. It's not, it's not a judgment. It's just noting. This is sort of violent chanting. What does Master Mahashai say? He just comes around and says, Little sir, isn't it true that the name of God is sweet on both ignorant and wise lips? And Master, what does he do? He says, I wrote a magic carpet into the merciful presence, right back into the pure, undifferentiated light of God. And Master Mahashai just, that's what we need. Our job as disciples and truth seekers is twofold. One, we have to go into that state of Christ consciousness, Krishna consciousness, Buddha nature, however you want to put a term on it. Uh, My favorite term is tat. (laughs) It's a Sanskrit word, it means that. I'm not going to give a name to it because that's going to blow the whole formless part of it. It's just taught. Got it? Taught. Sat, tat, om. Taught, that. Okay? Go there. In our meditation, we have to go there. We have to relax the body, not be a body. Stop being the bundle of self-definitions that Jyotishun Devi referred to last week, that Kriyananda used to term, uh, especially towards the end of his life, more and more. We've defined ourselves. We think we're a body. We think we've got this heavy overcoat. We think we're the heavy overcoat. We're not a heavy overcoat. We are blissful. We are omnipresent. We are infinite love. We are infinite kindness. We have to go there in meditation and meditate every day. Try to go there as deeply as you can. Practice the techniques you've been given, whatever your path. Call on the masters to give you the grace to be there. Join in satsang. We had a wonderful meditation this morning. We all just came together. Everyone just trying to meditate, trying to hold on the light and realize omnipresence. I am om, all pervading. I am om. Go there. And go there regularly. Go as deeply as you can. And you will find that you will experience that more deeply as you practice daily. As the weeks become months, become years, become decades, become lifetimes, become on and on and on. But more and more, the reality of that joy becomes your reality. That's step one. Step two, when you leave that meditation room, you've got to practice the presence of God. And the way to do that is, as Swami Kriyananda so eloquently said in the reading, Look for it. Listen for it. It's omnipresent. Therefore, (laughs) being rationalist, you know, it must be everywhere that you are. It must be looking at you in the faces of your customers, in your clients. Master says, start with your loved ones. They're the easiest ones. Start with all these beautiful souls that come to the expanding light and are seeking truth. Good. Look at the, your brothers and sisters in your ashram, in your cooperative community. And we're not even a cooperative community anymore, are we? Are we, are we a Nanda village? I don't know. 
I'm old. <laughs> I think we're a cooperative village. So anyway, we live together. Why? Why do we live together? Why did we do Ananda? Because if you're with people that are looking for the light, it's easier to see the light. But <laughs> just because they're not looking for the light doesn't mean you can't see it in them. It is omnipresent. Every human being is a child of God. And yes, that grumpy client who is complaining about the color of the scarf is the Divine Mother. Yes, these people that are just trying to aggravate you like crazy a week before Hanukkah, and they're just going off. That's the Divine Mother. Look for it. And what you have to do is connect back to the center of that light. Because in the center of that consciousness is the love of God that is pretty well smothered by their behavior right now. Yeah, it is. But that doesn't mean that it's not there. And it doesn't mean that you can't hold on to it. And it doesn't mean that you can't hold it in your own consciousness as a point of love for your brother and sister. And sometimes people are behaving horribly. But the job of the disciple is to see the presence of God, however faint, behind that situation. It's much easier when we're celebrating Diwali and Eid and Hanukkah and Christmas and Master's birthday, yes. But there are aberrant expressions of these high ideals. You'll see Santa selling cars. Yeah. (laughs) And you'll see other things that we're not even going to talk about on a Sunday. That's okay. Look past it. Look to the center of the light in your meditation and look in the center of their soul, at their spiritual eye, well beyond what even they're conscious of. Because on some level, they too are headed home. They're headed back to the the fulfillment and reality of God. That's the truth. And so our job as disciples is to practice the presence all the time. And this is an individual task. I'm giving you homework. I'm sorry. (laughs) But no matter what your job is and what your situation is, you have to construct a mindset by which your heart is open to God's presence All the time. That's the eventual goal. Start with your meditation, your chanting. Bless your food. Yeah. Keep going. Your teenage daughter. Your (laughs) ex-wife. Your settlement conference at court on Monday. Yeah. It's God. There's God there. Practice the presence of God all the time. And this takes a little creativity, this is a challenge, and you are the only person that can write the script for yourself because you have a personal relationship with the divine. You've created your own karmic mess, and Divine Mother is going to walk you out of it with Christ and the masters and the great saints and sages of all religion. But you have to build that pattern for your own life. You're the only one that can do it. Master can give you, your master, whoever he, she is, can give you formula, affirmations and chanting and meditation and selfless service, yes. But you yourself are going to have to construct the application of the teachings of 
the masters in your life so that the duration of your awareness of the presence of God is lengthened. Get it up to six hours a day, 10 hours a day. Oop, it's only in driving and traffic that I lose it. Okay, how are you going to remember God in the midst of that traffic? Think of the orderliness of the freeway designers. Think of the times traffic lights as natural expressions of wisdom and intelligence. The thing is that the saints, the masters, see God everywhere all the time. Paramahansa Yogananda left an all-day meditation once. He came outside into the foyer. He turned around to everyone. He said, you're so beautiful. Silver light and golden light. That's all he sees. Now, it's true. They've just been meditating for eight hours. But silver light and golden light is the reality of every human being on this planet. Every animal. Every tree. As Master said about the lake shrine, every fish in the pond. (laughs) He was on one of his samadhi rants at the moment. And he was in an ecstatic state. And he realized that every fish in the pond is an expression of God. And every time you watch the sunrise or the sunset and you see that light and that beauty, where is that beauty coming from? It's coming from God. Where is God? You are God. You are a part of God. You are a part of all it is. Live in that. And when it rains, thank God that it's raining. And when it's sunny, thank God that it's sunny. And when you have an illness, observe the fact that the body's going to decay. Doctors are going to do wonderful things. And intelligence on the part of the divine through a doctor or a nurse or a specialist or a lab test may be able to keep that body going. But it's divine intelligence working on divine cells. And then the cells will go away because they're not lasting. Paramahansa Yogananda lived in this world from 1893 until 1952. There's a lot of evil in the world then. Did he look at the evil? Did he concentrate on the evil? No. He knew about the evil. He knew about it. He knew about Hitler, Stalin, the Holocaust. Yeah, he knew about it. But he didn't concentrate. Silver light and golden light. That's what he saw. It's 2014. The evil's still here. The players have changed to protect the innocent. (laughs) They're the same people. It's the same scene. It's down and dirty. But our spectrum of awareness is lifted up to that light, to that beauty, to that truth. You see it everywhere. And the closer you come to the master, the more you live in that consciousness, the more you will hear it in song, in silence, in speech, in action, in every brother and sister on this planet. Whether you know them and love them because you know them or you don't know them and you love them because they're an expression of God and you'll never see them again and they'll be blifted out of that body They won't be blipped off this light. They are part of this light. We're not the body. They're not the body. You're not the body. I'm not the body. These bodies come and go. But that spirit, that light of Christ, it never changes. Omnipresent, I am om. All-pervading, I am om. Celebrate this season, whatever your tradition. We celebrate Christmas, Master's birthday, New Year's. Celebrate the coming of the masters to the baby Christ. Three kings from across the world 
to honor what Christ was bringing. What was he bringing? I am Om. All pervading, I am Om. I was hungry. He gave me food. I was thirsty. He gave me water. I was naked. You clothed me. Whatever you do to the least of these, you do it to me. That's the cosmic reality of you. You are a part of all that is. Celebrate this Christmas and this Hanukkah and this Eid and this Dwali. Celebrate everything. It is all an expression of one light. God bless you.